This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Resolute Square. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list, which was rather extensive and continually being updated. Democrats want Republicans dead. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. No, it's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson. And this is The Enemies List. Hey, folks, I'm recording this on Tuesday night, the 27th. We're watching the Michigan primary results come in. I am at the end of a road trip that that would kill a lesser man. I flew out to California on Saturday, uh, did meetings uh, all day Saturday, did a breakfast Sunday morning, did another meeting, and then did a big fundraiser last night. On Monday night, uh, flew the red eye back to Washington, went to an event, gave a speech, ran from the speech to do a TV hit with Joy Reid, ran back to the event to wrap it up, and now I'm in my hotel room, and I got to tell you, I'm a little punchy tonight, but I I am watching the results come in from Michigan, and they're going to be about what we thought, and the two big takeaways so far um, are very simple. One, Donald Trump continues to bleed 20 to 30% of the Republican vote in a primary. These people are gettable. Some will go back to Trump. Some will absolutely fall back and be, I'm a Republican. I can't vote for Joe Biden. He's a Satanist communist. Some of those people will go back. But the number has never been bigger. The number has never been bigger. And the idea that Donald Trump, who has 100% name ID, all the resources in the world, and is losing votes that that he should win in Michigan against Nikki Haley. And she's rolling up votes in the suburbs where the Lincoln Project and where we fight our battles against Trump and Trumpism, where the educated, affluent uh, voters are, are lurking. And it is a fascinating outcome. Second big takeaway out of Michigan you should really know about, it's really important, there were a lot of progressives who were who were in the posture of we're going to teach Joe Biden a lesson because he's not right with us on Gaza and and Israel. Well, guess what? Um, the pro Palestinian folks who wanted to try to to hurt Joe Biden and therefore empower Donald Trump, but that's another story. They are getting their ass handed to them tonight because Joe Biden is winning another massive sweeping win. He'll come in over eighty percent of the vote at the end of the day. Um, my colleague Jeff Timmer who was a former head of the Wisconsin, I mean the Michigan Republican Party, who knows Michigan better than almost any human being you could imagine politically. The number of people that that pulled a non-committed ballot in the Democratic primary in Michigan is going to end up being right around where it always is, around you know 10 to 15%. It's not going to be a big deal. 
So that is over. People can stop panicking about that particular thing. But I want to talk about two things tonight, and I'm going to base some of this on uh, on a couple of things I've written in the last few days, but I want to give you an audio version of it, starting with CPAC. And look, I, I want to dismiss the craziness of CPAC, the fact that they have actual Nazis doing the Heil Hitler salute in the in the in the lobby of the Gaylord Hotel uh, during CPAC, and that they've perfectly fine now with having neo Nazis on site. Perfectly fine now. You know, they've adopted the the Steve Bannon rule of we have no enemies to our right, which is why people who ordinarily in a in a just and fair and sensible world would say, why, no, I'd prefer not to have any Nazis involved, are basically saying, oh, it's fake news, it's a lie, even though the video shows these guys doing the Heil Hitler. Even though the ones that have been identified are active, real-time, no kidding, white supremacists and Nazis. So, but I, I will say this about CPAC. I think, you know, it is it has collapsed as a force in American politics. It's no longer important inside American politics, except insofar as it's part of the MAGA food chain of crazy. Um, but we got something interesting out of the speech this weekend, or out of the event this weekend, spoke to us about the framing Donald Trump is using and the way he spoke this weekend in his speech. And some of this speech was clearly written by speechwriters. You can tell when Trump's riffing and BSing and doing his thing, but a lot of it was written by speechwriters. And if you watched the whole CPAC as a whole, you had guys like Steve Bannon and Pizzagate, Jack Posobiec, the white supremacist, and and you know Ben Carson, and this long cavalcade of of cranks and loonies and weirdos, all basically out there. Telling each other the big lie, oh, Trump won in 2020, and it's the deep state against us, all these things. I mean, it was crazy. But Trump gave us some really interesting insights. And I'm going to read through a few of them for you and give you my translation of what they mean. And and this may be a work in progress. We may do this more frequently. But I call the speech the dark preview. And look, the bar is really low on the outright mania of his threats, lies, slanders, madness. All of that like barely rates an eye roll from the media now. And I will say this, if if Joe Biden spoke in the way Trump spoke this weekend, uh, including calling his wife Melania uh, Mercedes, if, if Joe Biden spoke that way, the New York Times would run 15 stories on the front page uh, and it would have endless op-eds about Biden's age and infirmity. But so I'm going to skip some of the ad lib off script stuff. Those lines are always what they are. Trump Trump is always going to say kooky things. He's always going to go into the asides and the and the and the sort of side eyes and everything else. Those are not as important as I think the things that were written by speechwriters. That process of people actually putting these things down on paper or digits, however you wish, it reflects a darker and a more considered set of threats than the usual sort of Trumpian stage japery. So here's a quote. Trump said, for hardworking Americans, November 5th will be our new liberation day. But for the liars and cheaters and fraudsters and censors and imposters who have commandeered our government, it will be their judgment day. Any idea what that translates as? It translates as, I have a hit list, and I will use the power of government at every level to punish and imprison my critics. It does. There's no other interpretation of that. And people should not be cute about these interpretations because they're, they have thought about how they're going to present these things. 
Here's another one. Your victory will be our ultimate vindication. Your liberty will be our ultimate reward. And the unprecedented success of the United States of America will be my ultimate and absolute revenge. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The only word that counts in that quote is revenge. It's all he thinks about. It's all he thinks about all the time. And like most people who seek revenge, the first person he should be thinking about as the causal factor is himself, but he's not. He's blaming everybody else for the fact that he's finally get, gotten into a posture where his lies and his fraud and his scumbag behavior and everything else, it's all finally added up. And he's under the gun. And, he, and the guy owes over half a billion dollars right now. So the word revenge is what counts in that. So here's another two quotes that I think are quite insightful for what he's thinking. These are the stakes of this election. Our country's being destroyed, and the only thing standing between you and its obliteration is me. And in many ways, we're living in hell right now because the fact is Joe Biden is a threat to democracy, really is a threat to democracy. Y'all, my translation of that is very simple. Projection is a hell of a drug. It's, it's a hell of a drug. And that is some of the most extraordinary projection I think I've ever seen or heard from, a, from, from even from Trump. Um, first off, the only thing standing between you and its obliteration is me. It's the inverse. He's the one who is promising obliteration of the country. He's the one promising to destroy America as we know it. Um, and the living hell question, you know, Joe Biden's a threat to democracy. Guys, it's just pure weapons grade projection. This is the guy who gives, who gives speeches like this one and gives speeches constantly to his horde, um, basically promising he's going to rule as a dictator. He's going to undo democracy. It's insane. So here's a, another one that I, that I, I find deeply, deeply offensive. But I want to read it to you because this comes just after the wake of the murder by Vladimir Putin of Alexei Navalny. Trump said, I stand before you today not only as your past and hopefully future president, but as a proud political dissident. I am a dissident. They've replaced law and precedent and due process with a rabid mob of radical left Democrat partisans masquerading as judges and juries and prosecutors. You know the translation there, folks, is? First off, on the dissident question, that's just trolling. That is just pure trolling. No one was happier than Donald Trump to take the help of Vladimir Putin in 2016. He wished he had more in 2020, and he's getting more now, and he's sending the signal. The idea he would compare himself to Alexei Navalny, as I've spoken about and tweeted, is repulsive. It is unbelievably, grotesquely Trumpian in every way. But he's not a dissident. He's a defendant. 
After five decades, he's being held accountable for fraud and criminality in his business life and for trying to overthrow an election. So here's another one. The Stalinist show trials being carried out at Joe Biden's order set fire not only to our system of government, but to hundreds of years of Western legal tradition. First off, I just want to say this. Donald Trump would not understand Western legal tradition or Western any tradition if it came up and bit him on his gigantic, round, incontinent ass under any circumstances. Um, once again, this falls in the category of projection is a hell of a drug. Uh, also, elect me and I'll use the DOJ and the IRS and the rest of government to punish my enemies. So as you all know, one of the three pillars of Trump's campaign this year, um, there are three pillars essentially so far. Uh, Biden is too old. The economy is a hellscape where the living envy the dead and mutant radioactive creatures devour all in their path. Um, and the third part is the brown people are coming over the border to kill you. And, you know, immigration is the centerpiece of the entire Republican mindset to express their fear over demographic change and what they call the white replacement. So I'm going to read you these three quotes from Trump, and, and I'll tell you what they mean in very, very, very serious terms. They're coming from Asia. They're coming from the Middle East, coming from all over the world, coming from Africa, and we're not going to stand for it. They're destroying our country. They're killing our people. They're killing our country. We have no choice. We have languages coming into their, our country. They have languages that nobody in this country has ever heard of. It's a horrible thing. Guys, the translation is very simple. White nationalists are my base. Please live in terror of the brown people. That's it. This isn't a dog whistle. It's an air raid siren hooked up to a jet engine of racism. And it won't stop. And, and it, it, it still points out the unbelievable irony that Donald Trump is the one who has blocked the most serious and consequential border bill in 45 years. And he and his little, little monkey pet, Mike Johnson, are the ones stopping it. So those are some translations from the craziness that was CPAC in his speech. I may, I may do this more often because there, there is a need, I think, sometimes, especially in the media, to not just report what these speeches say, but what they mean. And, and what they mean is illustrative of the very extraordinary darkness that's looming out there about Donald Trump. But in the meantime, folks, the good news is he has had a night in Michigan where he won. But again, the question is not why he's going to end up with a win in Michigan, but why Nikki Haley is still pulling enough numbers to justify staying in the race and, and why he is still unable to really finally close the deal with Republican voters. There's a big number out there. It seems to be growing. Haley, as of this reporting, is at 29.3%. That is shockingly high considering he spent money there against her. She did not spend much money in Michigan. He has continued to dominate and darken the skies with his presence politically. Um, the entire Republican apparatus is now totally against Nikki Haley. And so I think we're in a moment where, where while there's never been a path for her to win, what fascinates me is that there is a path for, for a meaningful fraction of his base to come through this moment and say, you know what? I, I kind of voted for Nikki. I wasn't really happy about, about Trump. And, and again, maybe half of them go back to Trump. 
But if, if half of them don't go back to Trump, that means that, that we have as people advocating in the pro-democracy space, the Lincoln Project and everybody else, that means we have 50% more addressable voters we can persuade than we did in 2020. And that's a pretty good piece of news. All right, folks, I will be joining my good friend Molly Jong Fast on March 6th in New York City at the City Winery. We are doing a the first of a series of live events and we're going to we're, we're going to try to scale these up and go around the country and Molly and I will be doing an evening of conversation on the stage. Maybe we record a podcast here and there. Maybe we just talk. Maybe we have some friends on the stage. Maybe we answer questions from the audience. It's going to be a loose and fun experience. And we're looking forward to it. And I hope if you are in the New York City area, you'll get a ticket. They're going pretty fast. But it's going to be a really fun event. We're really looking forward to it. And and as as I said, we're going to expand it um, out beyond uh, New York in the coming weeks and months. So we're really excited about it. Folks, you can also check out my Substack at the rickwilson.substack.com. You will find many of my articles there. You can get me on the social media platforms on Twitter. Instagram and threads at the Rick Wilson. And that is all I have for you today, except for this rant. And it goes back to the CPAC thing we talked about earlier. The correct number of Nazis at your event, unless it is a trial in the Hague is zero. The correct number of Nazis allowed to be a part of your movement is zero. The correct number of Nazis doing Nazi salutes on camera and feeling like they can get away with it is zero. This is a sign not only of CPAC's utter corruption and collapse at the hands of Matt Schlapp, who has now been, he's being investigated by his own board. He's being sued for sexual uh, assault by a a male campaign aide. The guy sold CPAC to Trump for pennies on the dollar. and, And the fact that CPAC was a place where once upon a time, Ronald Reagan walked on the stage just a few minutes in 1983 after he had been uh, unwillingly endorsed by David Duke. And Ronald Reagan walked on that stage at CPAC and he took the bark off of David Duke. He flinched the skin off of David Duke. I want nothing to do with you, your filthy movement. It has nothing to do with our party. It has nothing to do with what we want. Get away, go home, lose. We want nothing to do with you. You don't represent America or Americans or conservatives or Republicans. Out, out, out. And that was 1983. And you know what? If Ronald Reagan took to the stage at CPAC today and made that speech, they would boo him. They would expel him. Because the fact of the matter is, they may not publicly want to admit it, but for them, the Nazis are just another part of their coalition. And that's why they are on the enemies list. Thanks again for listening to the enemies list. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at the Rick Wilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who like us is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, 
Whatever you do, stay off the list.